John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The saying came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. How about that? Jesus. Jesus on fire. How about that? Jesus on fire. Precious Lord, keep us on fire. Jesus was on fire. Jesus was radical. Jesus was militant. Jesus was dogmatic. Jesus was emphatic. Jesus understood the importance of being born again. Heaven and hell. Heaven and hell depends on how you receive Jesus' teaching. God said in the person of Jesus Christ, you must be born again. Then we must be born again. Precious Lord, teach us what it means and why it's so important that we be born again. Thank you in Jesus' name. name. Amen. 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 First time I really read the scriptures like that, because just reading like that, I felt like Nicodemus was confronting Jesus about something. And really, Jesus didn't want to hear it. He didn't answer Nicodemus' question. And he didn't give no credence to Nicodemus' question. He knew Nicodemus' heart, and he knew what Nicodemus needed to hear. Stopped him in his track. So Nicodemus, I ain't got time to be talking about miracles and stuff. Here's the real issue at hand. And it's not just an issue for Nicodemus. It's an issue for all of us. And remember this, I said it last week. Nicodemus was a high, high ranking Pharisee. Might have been the top one of all. So he wasn't talking to some little peon. He was talking to the man of all of Israel. And he said to Nicodemus, Verse number three and seven. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How about that? How about that? Didn't get it first time, Nicodemus? Verse seven. Marvel not that I said unto thee, to thee, he said to thee, it's personal, to thee, ye 
must be born again. How about that? Why is that so important? Why is that so important? See, I wish I would see. We was, we was Wednesday night. A lot of, you, we would have a lot, of, a lot of hands go up. Here's why it was important. We need God's peace. We need God's peace. You, you talk to people who don't know the Lord, who haven't been born again, and they have no peace. The peace of this world. The peace of this world ain't going to get you through some of the things we've got to go through. The peace of this world, the world, the world, the peace of this world, the peace that America offers or China offers or, or Venezuela offers or Canada offers, that ain't, that ain't the kind of peace Jesus is talking about. We're not, getting, we're not getting peace with nuclear weapons and all that pointing at each other. We need God's peace. About that. Why? Why? To be in a to be in a relationship with God, you need his peace. Let me let me help you. Let me help you. John had the peace of God. And in John 14, 27, Jesus is writing and talking to the disciples and, 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 and getting them ready for what they was going to be facing. How about this? He says this. He said, peace I leave with you. How about that? He said, peace I leave with you. He said, my peace. Okay? My peace I give unto you. Not as the world give it. How does the world give peace? It, it's the only way the world can. They, they give their peace. They give you is based on what you give them. That's a, that's a that's a way we love each other. People, say, oh, I love you as long as long as you're doing for me. As long as I can get what I want from you, I'm gonna love you. But the moment you stop giving, I stop giving. <laughs> okay. God, God gave us, He gave us, He gave us an agape peace. Okay? He gave us a, an agape peace. He said, the peace I leave with you. He said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. He said, give unto you. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. You ain't got to worry about the peace I give you. It ain't going nowhere. I like, I like when somebody say, you know, I, I'm persuaded that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Nothing. That, what, you know, what that, know what that means? You can sit there all you want. You can sit there and you can run all this stuff to your heart wire. Nothing you can think of can separate you from the love that God has given you. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the peace that God has given you. Somebody sits here like Pastor Reverend Neil. You you know you don't nothing seem to bother you. Nothing. Nope. Not really. <laughs> not really. Okay. It ain't always been like this. Okay. But I'm gonna take the word of God. I'm gonna take it serious. Okay. Hmm. Now the Lord of Peace. That's that's one of His names. See, when, we, when we're born again, when we're born again, God gives us this peace. That's when people look at it and say, oh, you look so different. What peace? 
You talk to a person who is at peace, they're going to look different than the people, a person who is under stress. You can tell the person under stress. You talk to a person under stress, firing up cigarettes all the time, always looking for something, and they just fidgety and agitated. Everything bothers them. You can see it. It's written all over the face. But when you're in peace, people see that too. They telling you something crazy and you ain't even budging. Amen. You just looking at them like, man, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you ever had that kind of conversation with somebody? They just tell you, they telling you a bizarre story and they, they're, supposed to, they're supposed to floor you and you just looking at them like, dog, that's what Jesus meant. <laughs> you, you need God's peace. Okay? Somebody say, this, this joy I have, the world didn't give it to me. And the, and the world can't take it away, and we're looking for love in all, all the wrong places. The God of peace. He says, he said, now the, now the Lord of peace. That's it. How about that? Next time you meet somebody that ain't got no peace, let me introduce you to the Lord of peace. Let me introduce you to the Lord of peace. That's what you need. You need to know the Lord of peace. It's one of his names. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace. Peace always, by all means, the Lord be with you. You know, when, when, when the word of God says, Lord of peace, give you peace always, you know what that means? Always. Uh-huh. In the good times, in the bad times. You, you ever have peace in the bad times? People look at you and wonder, you just don't care, do you? No, it's not that I don't care. I just got peace. I have been on my knees about it. I done prayed about it. When they took my baby up to the hospital and, and, and cut her open and did all that stuff to her and rewired her and whatever they did, I said, you know what, God, you, 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 okay. But on that, fasted 48 hours. I was at peace. God said, well, you know, she's going to be all right. I was at peace. Yeah, yeah. See? Yeah, work with God. Peace. Listen. You're going to be in a good relationship with God. You got to be at peace. You got to have his peace. There got to be peace among us. You know, like I say, love what we do. Love what we do. You know? Laugh and talk. I mean, this is, honestly, honestly, we could probably sit, in, sit among each other in Bible study and Sunday school and Wednesday night for two, three, four hours if, if we could. It time because 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 we love one another. That's some serious stuff, and we know everything about each other. No, well, we do. Okay, and 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 God says that that He is happy with that. How do I know? Because the Scripture says, and we go through some stuff. Okay, churches churches are empty. Divorce courts are full. Think about that. Families are broken and divided. Folks are, folks are using drugs like they never used drugs before. Drinking booze. Suicide rates are sky high. Why? Why? No peace. No peace. You know, know what, really what peace is? When we break it down, peace is, the, is really the ability, when we talk about peace in the church, the ability to, to really get along with one another. The Bible calls it a forbearing one another. How about that forbearing? That's a big old King James word. Okay. Colossians 3.13. Forbearing one another. 
and forgiving one another. You know why a lot of churches and them getting divorce courts are full? Folks don't know how to forgive. Think about that. Think about that. How many times you talk to people? Well, oh, I, I don't go to church anymore. The church hurt me. Church ain't hurt you. People, people, listen, listen. I'm teach you about forbearing one another, learning how to get along with difficult people. In a church, saved people can be difficult. People think, see, people think everybody can save is supposed to just be, just be. I don't even know what word to use. I don't even know what word to use. I'm, I'm stuck for a word. That's rare. Soft. Soft. I, you know, milk toast. Everybody, no, no, no. God says some of us, and some of us, and some of us has come out of tough situation. When Paul got saved, and, 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 and we talked about this morning, total transformation. But you know what he didn't lose? His toughness. He still was tough. See, a lot of people think you can say you're supposed to be instantly soft. A walkover, pushover. No. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Forgiving one another takes strength. I hear people that I can't forgive because you ain't strong enough to forgive. Forgiving someone takes strength. And it ain't strength you got when you was born. You got to say, God, give me the strength to forgive this person because this flesh of mine ain't going to forgive them. Okay? Some folks, some folks, some folks don't know. They 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 they, they stressed out. They they hurting today because they can't forgive. Mm. I can't forgive. I'll never forgive them. I, I, I'll never forgive them. I used to hear them officers on, on at the prison say some of the crazy if they was on the side of the road, car broke down on fire, I wouldn't even stop and pee on them. And they didn't say it like that. Forgiving one another takes something. I tell people all the time, marriage ain't for cowards. You don't marry no coward. Because a coward will quit on you and quit on your marriage, quit on your kids, quit on your family. Mary, you got to be tough to be married. You got to be tough to be a man of God. You got to be tough to be a woman of God. These young people going around here, like, you know, Islam ain't tough. Christianity is tough. Christianity, being a Christian is tough. You want to talk? I'm a tough guy. You want to be tough? Serve to God. Serve God in a fallen world. Watch this. I, don't, I, I get stuck. Colossians 3.13 and 14 and 15. I'm as well going to blow right through it. Forbearing one another. This is, this is the peace of God. This is the peace of God. You say you want the peace of God? Forbearing one another, forgiving one another. And if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you. Huh? Why Paul throw that in there? Don't, you know, don't get on your high horse and don't forget the hole you crawled out of. Don't forget what God had to do for you. Even as Christ forgave you. That ought to, that ought to get your attention, won't it? So also do ye. Got to offer somebody? Uh-huh. Got a problem with somebody? Especially if you got a problem with somebody that ain't saved. 
You got a problem with somebody ain't saved you. you, you it's, it, the ball is in your court. And above all these things, verse 14, and above all these things, put on charity, which means put on love. Put on love, which is the bond of perfects, for perfectness. How many of you know what love is? See, we, we got to misunderstand. What is love? People don't, a lot of people, well, you know, I love you. I love you. I love you. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. I love you. Stop, stop that. Handles and got you some ice cream. That ain't, listen, here's what love is. God is love. Amen. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've said this so many times. I hope I, I hope I don't become redundant with you. But uh, listen, I didn't even know how to love to uh, God taught me. Until, until God came into my life and when I was born again, then I realized and found out how to love. I'm running around here talking about I love you. Think about how many people. I don't want to get none of y'all business. How many people you told over the, over the years? You loved. And now you don't love them no more. You never loved them. Know why? Because love never fails. How about that? So if you told somebody you love them, you don't love them no more, you know, get them, hook them up on Facebook and say, you know what, I'm sorry I ever told you I love you because I really didn't love you. Because if I love you, because if I love you, I still would love you. Okay? Because love never fails. Ain't that something? In spite of everything. Oh, you, you know, you got fat. So I stopped loving you. No, 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 no. No, don't work like that. Uh, see, see, we, see we, that's, that's the world's love. Okay? Here's our verse, verse 15. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Don't, don't give me. Verse 15, look at this. And let the peace of God. How about that? Not the peace of this world. See, see, some of us can't forgive. Some of us can't love. Some of us can't because we don't have the peace of God ruling on our hearts. We got the peace of the world ruling in our hearts. And the world say, you know what? Oh, I'm going to get you, sucker. Okay, vengeance is mine. Make my day. See, we got all that in our minds. You know, ooh, just make my day. We just walk around with our fist balled up. Okay, because the world, listen, listen, folks are scared. We walk around the world and people are scared because these folks are crazy walking the streets. And you sit at a red light. Listen, they can sit at the red light. It could turn four or five times. I'm not blowing my horn. I may try to back up. I might back up and go the other way because there's some folks in the cars that's bad. Listen, I hear people, well, I don't go to grocery stores no more. Because I go to Johnny Gary once in a while, and I can say to people, well, they got 16 items. They just say 13. Is it worth it? <laughs> is it really worth it? Because you don't know who that person is. And you don't know what's on his mind. You don't know what's on his or her mind. Okay? Y'all be seeing them folks going through the drive through windows because they french fries was cold. You know why I can say that? Let the peace of God rule in your heart. To which also you are called in one body. Here we go. And be ye thankful. Why did Paul put that on the end of that? Why would he put that on the end of that verse? We ought to be thankful. 
that we have the peace of God ruling in our heart because there was a time that we didn't have the peace of God ruling in our heart. Amen. We didn't. I can say we with, with, with semicolons around it or whatever they mean. We did not have the peace of God ruling in our hearts. And it was only by the God's grace that we didn't do something really crazy. It's only by God's grace. So we ought to be thankful. We ought to be thankful. Listen, Peter. Listen to Peter. That was Paul. Here's Peter. Peter in 1 Peter 4 8. Peter said this. And above all things. He says, above all things. Huh? You would think this is important to Peter. If he said above all things, you would think this is important to Peter. Just about the people in the house of God. Okay? He says, have fervent love among yourselves. How about that? Have fervent love, hot love. That word fervent means hot and strong and powerful love among yourselves. Because love is going to keep us together. Love is going to keep us unified. Love is going to keep us focused. Love is going to give us the ability to forgive one another, to have that forbearing love for one another. He says, have fervent love among yourselves. Why, Paul? Why, Peter? For love. I know this to be true. For love shall cover a multitude of sins. How about that? How about that? Let me keep going. I like that. God is love. You know how many times that's found in the Bible? Twice. Twice. God is love. First John 4, 8. He that loveth not, he that loveth not, knoweth not God. Why? For God is love. God is love. God is love. You got a problem loving? I don't mean loving everybody. Some people, some people you got to give a break. When we come into the house of God, we got to look around and say, you know what? I, I, everybody in here I love because everybody in here love God. Everybody in here, my brothers and sisters, everybody in here love the things of God. Then you don't want to go to hell, right? I, and I asked the question, even if I, went, if I went out to Hollywood casinos on a Friday night when everybody's spending all their tithe money, And I was here, the loudspeaker said, anybody here want to go to hell today? Nobody want to go to hell. And, and the only way you're not going to go. What did he tell Nicodemus? You must be born again. You must be born again to not go to hell. Is that not enough reason not to want, not to want, to, to, want to be born again? Think about that. Think about that. I know I don't want to go to hell. I don't care who there. Amen. I hear people say, hey, all my friends are going to be there. I don't want to see them no more. <laughs> I don't want to go to hell. And I don't want none of y'all to go to hell. I think, I think if there was one, one specific duty for a pastor, it's to make sure that the people that, that God has placed under his, what's the word? Don't go to hell. That's it. And if you go, it ain't because you want to talk. How about that? I don't want to go to hell. I'm, listen, let me let me let me scripturize it. How about that? 
Let me put a scripture on it. Okay. I got so many. Because a lot of people don't think hell is real anymore. Jesus talked about it a lot. Paul wrote this about it. He says, if in this life, how about that? If in this life, only we have hope in Christ. How about that? If in this life only, is there hope in Christ? He says, we are all men most miserable. Why does he say that? Because if we put everything, all our chips in the basket of this life, this little 60, 70, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years that we have on this earth, if we put everything in that, in that basket and we act like we don't have nothing's happening after that, we are all men most miserable. How do I know that? How do I know that? Because Jesus said it. See? Jesus said it. You know what Jesus said? He said, there's another life. He says, there's another life. I want to equip you. You run into your folks that don't know the Lord, don't care about the things of God, don't care about hell. You, just, you know, there's another life. This one, is, this one is short. This one is actually short. 80 years. 90 years. Very few make 100. Very, uh, probably 1% of the population. Probably less than that make to be 100. Getting out of here. I tell people all the time, you know, we, we all on the back nine. In golf, that's a term when, you know, you finish the front nine, then you're on the back nine. There's only 18 holes. All right? You can only play it once. So you go, from, you go from the 10th hole to the 11th hole to the 12th hole, and when you get to 18, it's over with. You, that's when you see the golfers, they, they take their hat off and shake the other golfer's hand because the match is over, see? Now, some of us, if we ain't on hole 17, we, 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 we close. But there's a life to come. How do I know? How do I know? Jesus said it. He says this in John 14, 14, 1. One of the most, one of the most popular verses in the Bible, probably one of the most abused verses in the Bible. Because he's talking to his people. He's talking to born-again folks who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? He says, let not your heart be troubled. People will trouble you. People will trouble your body, your soul, and your spirit. They will reject you. They won't have nothing to do with you. They will, they will lie on you. They will, they, listen, they will call you religious kook, a religious nut job. They don't want nothing to do with you. Okay? Like I said, don't have a problem with your money, though, your car and all that. But they don't want nothing to do with you, okay? What Jesus say? Say this to me. Let not your heart be troubled. How about that? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. How about that? Believe also in me. That gives us a comfort when we're troubled. Okay? When we're down, when we're depressed, when we're ostracized, you're going to get that as a Christian. You're not going to want this Christian life and, and have, a, have a great following of people. People are going to pull out on you. And you're going to feel like down and out. I'm depressed. I don't have no friends. Okay? I've been to a lot of funerals. A lot of funerals. Outside of some little, little kids. 
There was a fire up in Warren one year. There was little kids got killed in the fire. It was five little kids got killed in the fire up there. And they had two little babies in, in each casket. Outside of that, I ain't never seen two grown folks in the same casket. All right? You leave it here, and you got a, one person per casket. Why I say that? Let not your heart be troubled. Okay? You believe in me? You believe in God? Believe also in me. Here we go. Here's a good part. In my father's house. In my father's house are many mansions. How about that? In my father's house are many mansions. Many mansions. Nice, a nice place to go. Okay? Amen. If it were not so, if it were not so, this is Jesus talking. He don't even have to say this, but he's just, this is his grace. This is his love for people who are troubled. Okay? If it were not so, I would have told you. He had to tell him. He couldn't lie. He couldn't lie. Because if he could lie, if he ever lied, he couldn't die for our sins. He says, he says, he says, I would have told you. This is what he says. I go to prepare a place for you. I love this verse. I love this verse. Okay. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will. I will. I like that. I will. That's what he said. That's Jesus talking. I will come again. Now, if we know Jesus is going to prepare a place for us, shouldn't we be down here getting ready, getting prepared? For when he comes, we see, see, we don't want to be like the five foolish virgins. We don't want to be like the five foolish virgins. We know he's going to prepare a place for us. And, and he says in his own word, I will come again. Now, if you believe God, that, I mean, that's, that's pretty uh, to the point. He said, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Now, watch this. All these, see, the Bible is a book of commands. I can sit here and go through the, the, the 1,050 commands. This, it's just all commands. He says that where I am, there you may be also. How about that? You're going to be with Jesus. Hmm. It's good to be born again. He said, why not, Pastor? You, you want that born again? It's good to be born again. Okay? So, see, remember the thief on the cross? Remember the thief on the cross? I, I know, we, we went through this last week. Deacon Jeremy was off, and I just talked about the thief on the cross. But the thief on the cross knew that there was a kingdom. Amen. See? See, see. I, if you want to wait, if you want to wait, I get in these arguments with people. And they say, well, you know, I'm going to wait. You got time. You know, you got time. You got the thief on the cross. I'm going to wait until the last minute. Then I'm going to get saved. If, you, if, you, if that's your theory, then, then have at it. Have at it. Hang on to that. Um, that that's not one I would put my chips on. That's not a good one, okay? That ain't a good gamble. Here's the thief on the cross. I'm just going to give you one verse out of Luke 23, 16. And, and he said unto him, he said unto Jesus, Lord, he says, remember me. 
when thou comest into the kingdom. Now there's two kingdoms. There's a kingdom of heaven and there's a kingdom of hell. Both of them kingdoms. Okay? Both of them forever. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into thy kingdom because where my boy over here going, that's the wrong kingdom. He going to the wrong kingdom. He going to the wrong kingdom. And, and, and with that, let me, just, let, me, let me move to my third point. I really got five points. I'm not going to get to them all today. But this third one here is just fascinating to me. And I, I know I use that word often with scripture. But this one is truly fascinating. You know what? We're born again. And you guys have been really wonderful this morning. Just, just reinforcing everything that, that God had put me to put on my heart to say. Some of it may be sounding repetitive. But we are saved. We are born again. We are born again to save others from hell's destruction. Everybody in here right now that's saved is saved because someone talked to us about things of God. Someone prayed for us. Some God used someone to talk to us about the things of God. Now, I know some people say, well, you know, God spoke directly to me from the divine revelation. It was just me and God like Moses. Uh-oh. God used people. God uses people to reach people. What's our song? The man said, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save Okay, God uses people. And, and, and Paul saying here in 2 Corinthians 5, Paul, Paul saying here, use me, God. Use me, Lord. Every person that's saved. Let me say it. I, I, you know, I, I got to the point now where I, I believe the time is so short. I ain't got time to be, I ain't got time to be soft peddling the word, trying to watch people's feelings. Okay, tiptoe through the roses and all that. Tiny Tim stuff. I ain't ain't Tiny Tim preacher. Honestly, if if you're saved, you ought to be concerned about others. You You ought to be concerned about your loved ones and family members that don't know the Lord. You ought to be. Paul says, 520, 2 Corinthians 520, he says this, and I've talked about this many times. He says, now then, now then, we are, that's what Paul's saying. He's not talking about himself only. He's talking to a group of believers, and he's saying, we are ambassadors for Christ. How about that? Ambassadors for Christ. You know what an ambassador for Christ is? Somebody who goes around and telling people the importance of being born again and saved. That's it. That's an ambassador's job to tell people about Jesus and what he came to do. Let me, let me, let me, let me push this. Let me push this. Paul says, now we are ambassadors for Christ. That's it. Think about that. An ambassador for Christ. You ever thought about yourself as an ambassador for Christ? Seriously. You know, you know when you when you walk into all these, 
You walk into Sable, I don't know where you shop at. Sparkle. You walking in there, you are an ambassador. How about that? You ever, you ever, you ever introduce yourself like that? You next time you out, just play with somebody and they, how you doing? You know, I'm an ambassador for Christ. And I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you the good news about Jesus. How about that? Now, some people think you're crazy, but they thought Jesus was crazy. As a matter of fact, Jesus' own people thought he was crazy. Y'all know that? His own people thought he was crazy. So don't, they're not wrong being crazy for Jesus. Amen. Okay. He said, we are ambassadors of Christ as though God did beseech us by, beseech you by us. Let me, let me, let me read this again. Excuse me. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in God's stead, be reconciled to God. That's interesting. That's what an ambassador's job is. You want to go tell people that they need to be reconciled to God. What's that mean? How do I get reconciled to God? You need to work on that relationship. You need to get down on your knees and ask God. Say, God, listen, I know I've been out of your will. I know I've been, I know I've been a, a bad boy. I've been a bad girl. But I have heard from one of your ambassadors, and I know I need to be saved. Save me. You think God can sit here and say, you know what? I don't want to hear that. No. If you get to the point. And God knows your heart. I'm not omniscient. Y'all know we talked about the words this morning. I'm not omniscient. God is. And if you fall down on your knees and you say, God, you know what? I need to be born again. Guess what? It's going to happen. You're going to be born again. You're going to be saved. And when you get saved, know what you get? You get power. Okay, and you and you get a you get a concern for other people because you sitting here like, wow, if he saved me. He can save my uncle. He can save my cousin. He can save my nephew. He can save my coworker. He can save my boss. He, he can do some stuff Amen. through his ambassadors. He says this. Here's the message. Let me read it all together. Verse 20 and 21. 20 and 21 of, of 2 Corinthians 5.20. You can read it on your own later on. But I want to just push through because he gives you the message. He gives you the message. See, God gives you the message. People say, well, I don't know what to say. Here's what you say. I love, I, love, I love reading the Bible like this. He said, now we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in God's stead, be ye reconciled to God. How? For he hath made him to be sent for us. Explain that. Explain what that means. You ought to know what that means as a Christian. He made him to be sent for us. That's John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He made him to be sent for us who knew no sin. He was sinless. Deep on the cross got that. This man had done no sin. He was sinless that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Be a good messenger. Be a good ambassador. We got enough bad ones. Amen. The Bible even knows it. Listen, the Bible said we got some bad ambassadors. Proverbs 13, 17. Watch this. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief. Okay? Listen. Deacon Jeremy and Vaughn, they got a habit of sending me crazy stuff. They, they, they like sending me. I, I don't think it's Deacon. I don't think it's Deacon. I think it's more Bond than Deacon. But. So I get this, I get this little, little memo on my phone. And this preacher went viral. Preacher went viral the weekend because he's calling out his congregation. He's calling out his congregation for not buying him a watch. 
I love watches. I mean, he, he just berating them. I mean, he gave them the business. Listen, I ain't got time for that. Okay? Amen. Okay? Let me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. The number one reason you desire to be a pastor, if you got a desire to be a pastor, you got a desire to be a, 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 a Bible student, a teacher, whatever. <sighs> number one reason you want to save folks from going to hell. How about that? You want to save folks from going to hell. You don't want nobody to go to hell no more. Because you were on the way. You were on the way. I was on the way. And God saved us. The word of God was preached. The faith of God was made available. And the offer of salvation was there. It was there. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And nobody getting saved by talking about watches. Amen, amen. Not in Sunday service. Should be nowhere. No, come on, man. That kind of message to go viral. The message of the preacher preaching the gospel with with with, with power and authority. Nobody putting that out there. Because you can get saved listening to the word of God on the radio. You can get saved listening to the word of God on TV. You can get saved listening to the word of God because faith cometh how? By hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Okay? A wicked messenger falleth into mischief. Okay? That's Proverbs 13, 17. I'm not making this stuff up. You can look at me sideways, Columbus, all you want to. I'm not making this up. But a faithful ambassador is health. Is health. How about that? What's that mean? A faithful ambassador is health. You know, when you faithful preach the word of God, people may not like you. People may not want to hear it, but guess what you're doing? You're giving them an opportunity. See, a gospel preacher, a gospel preacher is the most dangerous man you will ever meet. You know why? Because when you stand before the Lord, when you stand before the Lord, you won't be able to say, you know what? I ain't heard nothing. I ain't never heard nothing. No, no, no. All our kids, we come. Think, of, think about all our kids. We done raised them all up in here. Guess, guess what they won't be able to say? Guess what none of our kids will be able to say? You can go down, all, the way down the, all the way down the list. I'm not going to put Karina on blast because she's here. But all of little Jeremy and Larice and, 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 and Keelan, all of them, Jasmine, all of them, Ray, put it, they know what they won't be able to say? We ain't hear it. We ain't hear it. They won't be able to, hey, listen. All them kids come in here to do VBS. Listen, listen, listen. Let me give you some verses. Luke 10, 16. This is, this is Jesus speaking. I like, when I, I like when I can just read what Jesus said because y'all can't argue with me. He that hear you, hear me. Okay? Now that's, that's, based on me, that's based on the man of God preaching the word of God. He that hears you hears me. And he that despises you despises me. And he that despises me despises him that sent me. Uh-oh. That's a deep doo-doo. You don't want to get in that situation. Paul, Paul writing, I'm, 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 I'm closing. 
I know I'm, I'm, I, 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 I can do this. You know, I can do this. Second Corinthians 5, 11. Watch this. When we get saved, born again, tell people about Jesus. Tell people that hell is real. Tell people that salvation is, 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 is available. Okay? You ain't got to be in church. You, 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 Claire, you and Marion on your porch on the south side could save people. How do I know? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we are his ambassadors. We are his ambassadors. People, people always want to break, run everybody to the church. Like, oh, the church is a hospital. Church is a hospital. Church ain't no hospital. Stop it. Stop it. I don't want to hear people you bring and dragging all your crackhead friends to the church. Take them to Starbucks. Talk to them first. Explain to them what church is about. Explain to them about Jesus. And when they... I know that's not, I know that's not popular. I ain't got to bring the people to church. Listen, listen. Some people don't need to be in church until they know about Jesus. Okay? You know, I'm going to bring them to church so they can hear you. They, they don't need to. They need to hear you. Okay? Meet them at Panera Bread. Talk to them about church. Talk to them about Jesus. And if they're willing to accept Jesus and want to hear more, then possibly bring them to church. People say, well, if your church is for sick people, no, church is for saved people. This is where we come and worship the Lord. It's called the ecclesia. It's the place where people who have been born again gather to hear the word of God and to give thanks. Talk to me later. That's a deep conversation. But as ambassador, as ambassadors, we ought to have enough word in us. This is why we just beat it, beat it, beat it. You better lead somebody to Christ. And they ought to want to come to church. They ought to want to come to church. Because they've heard about Jesus. They've heard about the God of the Bible. And they want to hear more. Some of them will come up in here and be mad. I have pe- I've, had, I've had people tell me, folks, this, oh, they couldn't stand you. They just want to jump up in that pulpit and kill you. I brought my friend to church. And, and you preach that message and, oh, they, now they never coming back. See? See? And you brought your friend to church and you all hugged up with her and, and now you mad at me. God. We're going to eat, Marion. We're going to need a meal after this. Let me give you one more verse. I'm going to close for real. I have plenty on ambassadors. I'm going to pick up on ambassador next week. I'm going to talk to y'all. People, don't talk. People say, well, ambassador, I don't believe that. But I'm going to tell you what the word of God say. How about that? How about that? How about I just tell you what the word of God says? The Lord said unto his, unto the servant. Okay? Unto the servant. How about that? Luke 14, 23. Last verse of the day. The Lord said unto the servant. God uses people. Okay? Y'all know this verse. Go out into the highways and hedges. Okay? That's where the beggars was at. That's where the people who didn't have homes was at. Because the, the rich people and the people who had wealth and knowledge, they didn't want nothing to do with Jesus. So he had already fixed this wonderful, wonderful meal. 
And they had made excuses. Well, I got a wife, I got a cow, I got a house. Can't come. Same thing they do today. Okay? Stay with me. He says, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Stay on that word compel. Compel them to come in. Why? That my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were invited or bidden shall taste of my supper. See, y'all got this old mamby pamby Bible. No, the Bible is rich and, 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 it can, and, it's, and it can be confrontational. What's that word compel mean? Convince them. Convince them. Explain to them that salvation is available. Explain to them John 3.16. Explain to them Ephesians 8 and 9. Don't just bring them. Compel them. Here's what John Wesley said. Y'all remember John Wesley? Remember I tell you the story about John Wesley? John Wesley was a preacher of the gospel. And wherever he went out in public, they hated him so much because he was preaching the gospel. They threw rocks at him. They would throw rocks at John Wesley. He'd be ducking. He'd be ducking when he walked through his neighborhood. One day he walked through his neighborhood and no rocks came. Nobody threw rocks at him. You know what he did, Mary? Mm -hmm. Fell down on his knees and said, Lord, if I'm out of your will, let me know. Then he got up and a rock came whizzing by his head and he said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> John Wesley. Watch what John Wesley says about the word compel. He says, he says, with all the violence of, of, of the love of God and the force of God's word was used by Christ and his apostles. He says, that's what it word compelled me. He mean the violence of love and the force of God's word. You, you, want, you want to make sure you're preaching the gospel. Okay? People ain't coming. You want to water it all down? You want to tell people they can come? Oh, just come, just come. You know, we, 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 we all inclusive. Anybody can come. No, 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 no. You got to be strong with folks. When you're dealing with sinners, you got to be strong because they'll take your, your, your softness for weakness. And you got to be strong because they need to hear something strong. You know, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. You know, you, I watch the Western Western movies. I mean, you in nursing homes a lot. You watch the Western movie and, 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 and them old guys would go up to the bar. They have to go to the bar and they say, right, give me something strong. Nobody ever wanted anything watered down. Nothing watered down ever did really any good for you. We watered down. Maya's Kool-Aid sometimes, and she don't even like it. She, <laughs> nobody want no watered down. What name one thing watered down you like? Something real. Something I can feel. Something real. I'm closing. I'm closing. Man. Compel. Compel them to come into my house. How about that? What a powerful word. Convince them that the word of God is serious. Salvation is serious. Hell is real. Precious Lord, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this day. We ask that you be with us, Father God, as we, as we lead this place, Father God, and give us the, the strength and the courage to go out into a fallen world and compel people. Talk to them about Jesus. Explain to them the need of salvation. Explain to them how God... Grace and mercy and love has, has shown up in, in, in not only your life, and, but in theirs too. And then let them know that hell is a real place. 
it's a real place. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.